everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Boys Night Podcast. I am Jared Sloan, along with James Wolverton, Spencer McGuire, James Halcom, and we want to welcome you into another fun-filled night of adventure. Okay, Rhonda Shear. <laughs> I'm more like Gilbert. Uh, are you up all night? But anyway, we'd like to invite you. Uh, first of all, thank you for tuning in, and we'd like to invite you over to our uh, Facebook page, which is Boys Night B O Y S apostrophe Night. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitters at Boys Night K Y and on the Instagrams at uh, Boys Night K Y. If you're lucky, or Boys Night Kentucky, or Boys Night Kentucky, which I still use. I'm just yeah, a stubborn old man. I like Boys Night K Y. Okay. So anyway. But anyway, we want to thank you for tuning in, and this is actually, uh, tonight's topic is one that we've been talking about. Since we started the podcast. <laughs> Since we started the podcast. Yeah, this we talked about it before we did the One of the reasons why I think we wanted to start the podcast. Yeah, yeah th- actually, I'm pretty sure this was the reason why we wanted to start the podcast in the first place. So. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we are going to be talking about the most, in our opinion, the most underrated guitarist of all time Mm -hmm. Uh, these are gentlemen and or ladies Mm -hmm. maybe Maybe. uh, that uh, who have not necessarily been recognized for their their skills in terms of of guitar play so might be someone from current it might be someone from the past it might be someone from the future 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 future. in the year 2000 in the year 2000. Hi, hi. we're stealing jokes from other people that In are funnier year than us. <laughs> That's what we do. We're stealing what, Conan's we jokes. Williams? Yeah, are you, are you? We're stealing Conan's jokes. <laughs> stealing Conan's jokes from about 18 years ago. Yeah, I know. Isn't, isn't that great? So, yeah. All righty, we are going to start our evening with Mr. Wolverton. Uh, tell us what you've got on tap for us. Oh, gosh, this... I know everyone at the table is going to say the first thing before they start. This was hard to go up with this shit, but it really it, it was. It, it was. Uh, I'll start with who I almost went with. Okay. The Edge. Ah. I think he's a very underrated guitarist. I think part of it's he's not Bono. Yeah. Uh, he's also in U two, and he's not the the traditional guitar soloist. It was more alt rock, college rock mm-hmm. yeah. when he started. Yeah. But I spoke to, actually, my mom's the one that talked me into this, because this has always been my second pick. And a good friend of mine who's no longer with us, he's been gone about 20 years, one of the reasons I'm as into music as I am, really loved this guy, and it was the, one of the highlights still of my young life was when I saw White Snake, and he was on Half the nice. Day with Steve Vai. Oh, And Steve Vai, nice. I'm not dogging Steve Vai, he's an incredible technical player but this mm. is this is underrated too yeah, yeah we have yeah. To, and i had to tell my own self that mm-hmm. and this is a guitarist who steve i ran around acting like a kid trying to show off when this man finished panties dropped yeah things were wet not yeah. only my eyes That's oh I mean, <laughs> oh my you know it's adrian vanderberg oh vanderberg vanderberg who, who's that guy oh toki wartooth oh yeah <laughs> pretty much James so wants to say it. That's good. So tell me more about this, John. Eighty late. 
late 80s hair metal rock uh, got had his own band for like three albums was picked up with white snake has his own band again he just kind of got lost in the shuffle but i seriously don't know how my friend mark even found him uh what burning heart was a hit yeah uh yeah, Burning, Burning Heart, Heart was a hit. hit. I mean, his greatest hit. This is his greatest hits, but for the rest of the world, greatest hits was a single. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, just you could tell he's from that hair metal when they got classically trained and then learned how to shred kind of thing. Yeah. But I just of that bunch, short of maybe Eddie, I think he's probably the most. Technical and passionate and at the passionate. same time. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah and, uh, and along with Randy Rhodes as well. I mean, yeah, well, but, who knows what would happen if Randy had left. But, uh, uh, but, yeah, but we were just talking about this on the way, and we've discussed this many oh, yeah. times about this guy. I mean, you know, like you said, he's, it's, there's a motion with that technique where, you know, Steve Vai, even though he is incredible, I have to, I, I, I'll second that, he just wants to see how fast he hits those pentatonic skills. You know, he's just... Pentatonics. Pentatonics. Oh, he played for Pentatonics? Yes, he played for Pentatonics. <laughs> you know, people have no idea, Spencer, what that is, right? Some do. Well, very few. And we're down to 10 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yay! Thank you very so, much. I'm here all week talking tech with uh, tongue guitar tech, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. But probably the highlight of his career was when, you know, he got picked for the two White Snake albums. Yeah. And he just. I think he filled in with Vivian Campbell got one the many times he got, got fired, fired from a band. Yeah. <laughs> He's say. another one that could be mentioned because yeah. of that era. But of that era, I just don't think people know of him. But yeah. he just as good, if not better, and just some more feeling in with the actual songs. Well, and I, th- I think if you go back and you look at that point in time, there was just such an inundation of people like this, of these types of bands, these hair metal bands, that uh, it was a little harder in late 80s to stand out than it was necessarily in the early to mid. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I thought you were going to pick, obviously. The Edge, yeah. I, was, well, I thought you no. were going to pick Burning Heart. Oh, yeah. So, because no, I'm guitar, like, oh, it's Vanderbilt. Oh, here, here's some his guitar work. It's no electric grill. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's just got some. He doesn't just shred; he does some technique too. So it's 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 good stuff. Who is? Do you know who the uh, the vocalist is on this? I can't remember? Because I, I kind of get the feeling this guy could have. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, they've got a, a nice little. Uh, yeah. Nice little ex- explanation here on the, the page that I'm looking at, but uh, I think he could have made it in grunge. That's why I was asking that question. Is uh, he's actually pretty, you know, that guttural sound? Mm-hmm. Or so. Anyway, so so Adrian Vanderberg, Vanderberg, you knew him in White Snake. He was a, he was in the videos. Yeah, he was. With Tony Katane. With Tony Katane. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the guys in the background. <laughs> uh, so. All right. So, Vandenberg, and that's called Wait is the name of that tune. All righty, Mr. McGuire, what have you got on tap for us tonight? Oh, man, I struggled really hard with this. Well, I know you did. We we had lots of discussions, uh, you know, about this, too. Yeah, um, but uh, one of my first, uh, uh, I I came down to two guitarists. Uh, One was Steve Stevens, who uh, 
was the uh, lead guitar player for Billy Idol. And then I started thinking, well, I don't really know much about him except, you know, he played the Top Gun anthem and uh, <laughs> for the soundtrack. But, oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, other, but other than that, you know, I mean, I really don't know that much about him. Didn't study him that hard. But the person that I really got into around, oh, I'd say about 20, 22 years ago, um, started listening to a little Fleetwood Mac and... Uh, read an article about this gentleman by the name of Peter Green. Yay! And, you know, I really didn't know that much about him because when we grew up, we all listened to the Lindsay Stevie era. Then, you know, after they had left and Billy Burdett came in and took over. And Rick Vito. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, of course, Billy exactly. Burdett I can't say yeah. anything about. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I liked Rick Vito. Rick Nor can I say anything about Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. wink. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but Peter Green was the guy that started it all. He came from uh, John Mayall's Blues Breakers. He yeah. replaced Eric Clapton in that band. And for a while, there was a big rivalry between the two. You know, who's the best? You know, Clapton. Clapton is God. Peter Green, of course, you know. Uh, I, per, I personally prefer Peter Green as a blues guitarist because that's exactly what, what what he was was just a you know flat out blues guitarist. And then maybe around '68 '69 things got a little dark for him personally, and his style kind of changed. And it in it's more prototypical heavy metal. Yeah. Because uh, Green Monolishi is a great example of that where. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, um, Judas Priest remade that song. So, uh, uh, but um, yeah, he dropped out for a while for maybe what a couple of decades, maybe. Yeah, a couple yeah, of decades. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. well, and and I was telling Spencer that uh, I was listening to uh, uh, a an, on Sirius XM on the deep tracks that uh, Mick has just uh, written a new book about the early years of Fleetwood Mac, and one of the stories that he tells is about how he got Peter Green on stage at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Oh, cool. And apparently he had not played in front of a crowd in something like 15, 20 years. Yeah. So it took a lot of doing to get him to to come in and, and, and play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because he just really hit kind of a dark time where he just couldn't handle the fame. Yeah. He really couldn't handle the fame, and he just walked away from everything. And, I mean, even the money, because they tried to send him oh, yeah. his royalty checks. Yeah. I mean, and he, he uh, by the way, he's he's the writer of Black Magic Woman. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a cool you, cut out there. Have you never heard the original no. version yeah. of Black Magic Woman? No. Oh. There's oh. a cool cut with San, <laughs> yeah. it's live on stage, I want to say in San Francisco or somewhere yeah. in mm-hmm. the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's that lineup of, this lineup of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. With Santana. Oh, cool! Yeah, oh, yeah. So the good. original version of Black Magic Woman is it. It has a different feel to yeah. it. Yeah, it's more of a bluesy. And, feel. And, and, and more bluesy, and there's just something about that one. That's yeah. just yeah, especially the end of it because it's it's got a kind of a swinging blues feel to it. Yeah, and and it's it's beautiful. It's great. I mean, you think of the money that guy would have made. He would have been living like with. He'd been living in Hawaii with Mick Fleetwood. You know. Oh, yeah. He'd have yeah, a castle yeah. like Christine based on that song alone. <laughs> well, and, you know, the great thing is, is Spencer, is, you know, he was one of those guys. He was all about the, the music yeah. instead of the yeah. the, the actual the, the fame. The actual fame, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, a lot of the people thought that he, was, he walked away from it because, you know, but... 
Mick Fleetwood in that interview yeah. says that he just wanted to do what the Beatles had done. He yeah. just he just kind of dropped, dropped out, out and tuned in. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. what he did. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's quite a contrast with uh, with his fellow guitarist, uh, Danny Kerwin. Oh, who, yeah. Who he brought into the band. And uh, Danny just, he's another underrated guitarist as well. I mean, he just kind of went crazy because he was so intense while the rest of the band was just kind of loose and, you know. Let's just give a quick listen here because I love this part of this. I haven't heard this in a while, Spence. Mick Fleetwood was telling a story about how when they grew up Mm -hmm. that they would take really cheap, like, dictation recorders Mm -hmm. and record each other's records. Yeah. And take it home and listen to it on these crappy little tape decks. So and, and you can tell by listening to that solo, he's a BB King devotee. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean he just he's really up on his BB. Oh. Absolutely. So watch out, Peter Green. Of course, the Fleetwood Mac. The, 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 Fleet, the Fleetwood, the Fleetwood Mac. Mac. The Fleetwood Mac. The Fleetwood Mac. The original Fleetwood Mac. That's exactly right. Get me to that Fleetwood Mac rhythm section. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All righty. Mr. Halcombe, what have you uh, have on on uh, deck for us? <laughs> All right, so Wolverton gave me a bizarre look before we started recording because and he well, was like, he should. really, really, that's who you pick. But I have my reasons, and I, I told you why. <sighs> I think underrated. I think influential. I'll give you that. I think showmanship, and quite honestly, when I thought those two things, here are the two people who I think were underrated for what they brought to the table to entertainment. Believe it or not, my first pick is who I picked, which was Ace Freely from Kiss, and the other was actually Crazy Uncle Ted. Oh, well. And here's why. Our generation get would get that pick. Right, mm-hmm. younger generation just know him for his politics yeah. and being crazy, Uncle crazy. Ted. Pretty much, but but listen to uh, but with with Ted Nugent. I mean, yeah. listen to uh, you know the Amboy Dukes. Listen to those albums. Well, the, the reason it brought, uh, believe it or not, brought, yeah. it got brought into my mind was because he was on an episode. I saw a rerun of that '70s show where he was oh, on yeah. there, yeah. and all they were doing was talking about his guitar playing. And I'm like, yeah. that's something nobody talks about. Yep. but. Because my kid is an insane seven-year-old whose favorite band is Kiss, I went with the original guitarist from Kiss, Ace Freely, and I picked my favorite of that era, which is Shout It Out Loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Ace was the Spaceman or Space Ace, whichever one <laughs> you want to use. Um, he, he used both personas. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Love that song, um, but uh, it just without Kiss and what they brought to music. I mean, they. I personally feel they they created arena rock as we know it. Yeah, I, one, they were one of the early prototypes. Yeah, they were a prototype for that. They they were not the best band. That hurts. No. They I know it hurts, doesn't it? But you yeah, think there's what, some what, argument to it. What what yeah. made Kiss? Famous. We're not. You're playing from Destroyer. Yeah. It's those live albums. Yeah. Those yeah. live albums, yeah. they are incredible. Mm-hmm. And that takes talent. Mm-hmm. It does to be able to pull that off mm-hmm. in the era before VHS tapes. Because mm-hmm. you can remember, they were already kind of out before you could 
have a recording in your own Oh, home, oh yeah. I mean, it was... But they were putting these live albums out that weren't... They're incredible. I mean, yeah. how they pulled that off, being a visual band, I'll never and, understand. And, and it is because of Ace Frehley, really. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Gene... Okay. He's not, moderate. He's, he's not the best bass player in the world. Right. He can keep he can keep rhythm. <laughs> so can Peter Chris. But Paul, who is a is a very good rhythm guitar player, mm-hmm. Ace makes it go. And they actually a, um, Ace's last album, he put out a new album last year called um, called Origins, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul's on that album. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, that, like I said, they, he's not the greatest guitarist. He's, he's probably not even the most influential. But they started a but, lot of trends yeah. that put us where we are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Musically better. Ten times better. Without Kiss, there is no Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Well, Ghost is amazing. But they are what they are. Uh, Marilyn Manson, Zombie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, a lot of them did... Get mm-hmm. their start from this over the top. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. Shout, Shout it out loud. I'm going to resist. That's all I'm going to say. What? Don't agree? I. That's okay. It's okay if I don't agree. And that's perfectly all right. Yeah, well, that's why we're doing this. That's, that's why we're doing this is, is we don't have to. We don't, I mean, we don't have to agree. It's not for so, comment. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, <laughs> Why did you have and, and, to bring that up? And, 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 you know, and I have to say, you know, that he did the solo uh, album in 78, which all the four members did, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, his was the best one. And Snowblind was the best song on there, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Snowbird? Snow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. Come on. Snowbird. <laughs> That's some awesome How guitar work go? on there. <laughs> From Snowblind <laughs> to Ann Murray. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm Jared Sloan. Yeah. That's exactly how let's, that happened. Let's swim around. Swim around. Swim around. Yeah. Swim around. Let's, fly away. let's swim fly around. Away, fly away. Swim around in Jared Sloan's mind for a little bit. Oh, that's dangerous. That's yeah. dangerous territory because, you know, you never know who or what you're going to find uh, in, in that place. So I, I will tell you that. I really, and I, I, I sent a text to the guys here, and uh, Spencer, do you want to talk a little bit about what my my the the first choice that I sent to you, and I said I'm really uh, yeah, actually he with was this. on my list too, Steve Howe from Yes, yeah, you mean GTR, huh? Oh, GTR, yeah, well that yeah, well yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's true, yeah. Yeah. GTR and uh, Steve Hackett was in GTR yeah. too, another uh, underrated guitarist, guitarist. yeah. But uh, yeah, Steve Howe. I'm sitting here thinking, I and mean, because this guy has elements of Chet Atkins in his playing. Well, and yeah. and you're talking about of yes, obviously, and yeah. and of, of several things. But for me, it's roundabout. Yeah, roundabout is just if you listen, like you can. There's very few songs that you can pick out. Yeah, what they're what he's doing in the background yeah. and what's what's sort of going on. But uh, I will tell you all that. Uh, I'm going to go on to my pick now. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Spencer. Mm-hmm. You were talking about Peter Greener. Uh, yes, I was. And and the reason why I did that is because I figured you would have a direct link with because Mr. Because in 1973, there was an album that was released called Buckingham Nicks. That's a creepy-ass cover. Too. It's a creepy cover, <laughs> but... 
the, the music it there. is absolutely and this is a guy who I really think has not recognized and, and we're playing uh, a clip from a live performance he did uh, of Big Love that is from the dance, dance, I think. Well, it's or, from Tango. Okay. But, oh, Tango in the night. But it's from the, yeah. yeah, I think it's this from Tango. I may be good. wrong. No, it's, it's, from, Tango. it's from Tango. Yeah. yeah. So, and it has a very, uh, uh, very 80s sound. Mm. But this, this is all I'm going to say is version. this. That's all him, folks. Live. Live. No overdub. This is not... This is not overdub. And I saw him in Knoxville probably... 10 years ago and I've been talking about that concert ever since oh. I mean just this part you've got a classical mix with some imp- improvisation you've got him playing multiple chords at once uh, in this one he's not uh, he is using a capo he usually doesn't use the capo uh, I don't know why. I don't know if he's just... He's like, eh. Experimenting with sound. Yeah, kind of experimenting with sound a little bit or something like that. But uh, in case you didn't know, this is Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. So we've managed to get two mm-hmm. guitarists. Well, that's the thing about Fleetwood Mac. It just seems yeah. like no matter which lineup they have, you have a great underrated guitar Well, and, and Billy Burdett. Billy I Burdett. mean, I, I'll be the first person to say that... They needed two. They needed two. They needed two. They needed two, they needed two to, to, to replace, replace Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, well, even well, even with the you know Peter Green's lineup, I mean, you had three guitarists. That's true. You I know? hadn't thought about that. Spencer. Yeah, I mean, Peter Green, Jeremy Spencer, and uh, Danny Curlin. And, and when you're talking about Peter Green and Jeremy Spencer on the same stage, yeah, that's just yeah. And you, then <laughs> and then Lindsey yeah. comes in. This. This is, and then he brings Stevie yeah, with Stevie him. Stevie with him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, this is one. And this is one guy. I mean, this is yeah. not an overdub at all. I, I mean, I, I keep repeating that because it's unbelievable. Well, and I don't. I really don't think that, in my opinion, you get. There may, in my opinion, not be a better band. Yeah. Than Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're sitting here going, "Oh, that's another podcast." Yeah, that's another. But, yeah. but, I just. Oh, something's wrong with Lindsay. He's, he's, he's having a. He's, his playing is that. Maybe he's difficult. been down three times, Halcom. Has he been down three times? Don't ever listen to Live in Japan. Just no. listen to the dance. From 80. Yeah. Yeah, listen to the dance. Well, I mean, and, and, and speaking of uh, Peter Green, and uh, I heard Lindsey Buckingham do Oh Well. Yeah. And his was just. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's. Really so, but. Uh, Anyway, gentlemen, let's just recap really quickly. Mr. Wolverton. Adrian Vandenberg, Vandenberg. Peter Green, Fleetwood Mac. Ace Freely, Rock God, the Spaceman. Lindsey Buckingham by himself. Not even necessarily <laughs> with the Mac. With the Mac. Yeah. yeah. So those are underrated guitarists. Mm-hmm. Underrated guitarists. Un- underrated guitarists. So. Out, of, out of many. Oh, yeah. We many. haven't even touched country music. I was going to yeah. say, do you do you guys even want to entertain like honorable mentions here at the end of the episode? Um, uh, John Mayer. 
Jerry Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry Reed. Vince yeah. Gill. Glenn Campbell. Uh, Sister yeah. Rosetta Tharp. Yes. Oh. Who's up for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. As well she should And be. if she does not make it this time and LL Cool J does, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really pissed. ticked You're going to knock yeah. her out? <laughs> <laughs> did... did, did Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going there. <laughs> Jeez. Well, have you ever seen her? She knocked oh, yeah, you out. Yeah. yeah. Sister oh, yeah. I thought was a big one. Any, any other honorable mentions? Uh, to Neil, Neil yeah. Geraldo for, uh, for oh, Pat Benatar. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and, and those are underrated. You know, I, I hadn't thought of him, Spencer. That's a real yeah. good We were one. discussing yeah. in the car that yeah. so, who knows what he could have done without Pat or if Pat could have done it without, without him. him. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That voice and that guitar work just fits so well. Well, think of Heartbreaker. I When I think yeah. of him, it's, I think of that, of Heartbreaker. Well, heartbreaker, and, yeah. Now, Are you there's somebody else that, that I haven't heard mention, and I think she's underrated. Mm-hmm. Bonnie Ray. Nancy, Bonnie, Bonnie Ray. Yeah, Nancy? Bonnie. Well, Nancy Wilson, but she's And I was going with Nancy, too, yeah. but she's kind of more well, recognized well, than Nancy, Bonnie. Yeah. Have you ever heard on... Um, Oh man, Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a you know, maybe with Tom Cruise. There is a commentary with uh, Cameron, Cameron Crowe, Crow. yeah. and Nancy is literally sitting in the background through the entire commentary playing a, a acoustic guitar. Wow, it's so great. Yeah. Well, I, I, and <laughs> one of the reasons why I, I, I I'd say Nancy Wilson is because I had this guitar magazine a long time ago, and this guy. Uh, I don't know if it was Steve Morse that was doing it, but he uh, had tablature in there yeah. for the acoustic part of Crazy on You. Oh, like the very yeah. beginning part. That's and, nutso. And he was just saying, it's crazy that no one thinks of Nancy Wilson as being a guitar player. He said, look at this. Yeah. yeah. He said, you try to do it. Well, know? there's a reason that she and Ann can, or, well, could, before yeah. they kind of both went a little nutso, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, could both do Zeppelin. Nuts? No, that was uh, well, no, it was all of course, unfortunately, recently uh, she had been out. Uh, Nancy had been out on tour with Bob Seger and had been his opening act, wow. and he had to cancel his yeah. tour uh, because of a, a, a sudden illness. But uh, she's been getting out there; she's still playing. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so let's go ahead and close it out, and we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Boys Night podcast. You can find us over on the Facebook at Boys Night B O Y S apostrophe Night. You can find us on the Twitters at. You're looking at, I don't use Boys Night. K Y. You can find us on the Instagrams. Boys Night Kentucky or Boys Night Day Probably more Boys Night Kentucky. Yeah. 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 I, I would say. So, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, until next time, I am Jared Sloan. James Wilberton. Spencer McGuire. James Halpin. Go shred it. Hi, everybody. This is James Haltham. I am here with founder, CEO, and all-around great lady who happens to be my wife, Tammy Haltham. Hi, everybody. Tammy is here to talk to us about Lasting Looks with Tammy. She's a Synergence distributor, and while everyone out there is currently talking about LipSense, there are some other great products that are not necessarily for folks, particularly guys, who aren't that into the makeup side of the products that they have. Tammy, can you tell us a little bit more about what they offer these days? I sure can. I want to give you a little bit of history about Synagents. They were founded in 1999, so they've been around for quite a long time now. And Synagents basically was built on the science of Cinederm and the Cineplex Complex, which is 
basically it increases cellular renewal by 23% and that is in all of our products and all of our products are long lasting and they all increase the cellular renewal so it helps to uh, regenerate your cellular growth to make your skin look better some of the products we have that are great for men would be the skincare products. There's a great line for that. It's for all types of skincare, dry, normal to dry, normal to oily, and oily to acne. We have cleanser, moisturizer, evening moisturizer, and all of these products are made with products that are FDA approved. Many of them are made with organic items, and they are available, and all you need to do is reach out to me and let me know if you want them. Well, cool, Tammy. Uh, can you tell everybody how to get in touch with you? Yes, you can reach me a couple of ways. You can get in touch with me on Facebook at Lasting Looks with Tammy, and that's Tammy with a Y. Or you can email me at Lasting Looks with Tammy at yahoo.com. Great. All right. Well, everybody look for Lasting Looks with Tammy, the official sponsor of the Boys Night Podcast. And now back to our show.